listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here, wherever here is for you. I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you're in the car. You know, maybe you're at the beach. Maybe you're in a bathtub. You know, maybe maybe you're in a park or on a bicycle. I don't know where you are, but wherever you are, I hope you're comfortable. I hope you're warm enough. I hope you got something to drink. Like, I, I really do. And I hope you're full of anticipation. I hope you're thinking, this could be a great pod. This may be a great podcast. But even if you're not, even if you're, you know, listen to the show because somebody of yours sent you a link and said, oh, you got to check this out. This guy's really interesting. He's got a cool perspective and stuff like that. And you're thinking, oh, I don't want to hear this guy. I'm not interested. But, you're, you know, you're going through the motions for your friend. I hope that by the end of it, you sort of go like, eh, you know what? That was actually, that wasn't so bad. But even if you don't want to be here, I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm, I'm glad we have this opportunity to kind of talk about real stuff together and to try to help each other become better human beings. Um, and I, I'm especially excited this week because I, I get to share with you a conversation with one of my oldest and closest friends in the world, Matthew Roderick, who I've known since I was 15 years old. He, he is truly the closest thing I've got to a brother and and such a, such a special part of my life. Um, but you know, it didn't occur to me to have him on the show. I think because he's so close to me and I think like, ah, that's just personal. You, you know, you, you just wanna, it's, it's nepotism or whatever you call it. The truth is Matthew, especially in recent years, since since his son Gabriel was in an accident in Costa Rica and became a quadriplegic and Matthew got involved in sort of Gabriel's recovery and then got involved in spinal cord research. And now he's the executive director of a national organization called um, Unite to Fight Paralysis, which is doing really amazing work. And you can find out all about Matthew in the show notes and, and you'll hear about the stuff on the show. But like, I, it suddenly occurred to me like, hey, he's... He's not just interesting to me because he's beloved. He's just an interesting person and he's got something to share about life. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you to meet him. And, uh, but before we get there, there's something else. Like, I guess this is kind of home week. Like Marty and I just moved into our new house this week. The house we've been fixing up for the past six months. And for the first time in a, like five years, we feel secure. We feel settled in a, in a home. And I do not take that for granted. It's just a, a huge thing. And, you know, I'll take a bunch of pictures and put them up on, on the Patreon site and all that stuff. But I'm just, it's good to be home. It's good to have my buddy on the show. And and I know some of you don't listen to the outros of these shows. You know, you, you, you fight through the intro, you listen to the conversation because that's where the action is. And then you turn it off. You, you don't need the Ingersoll quote at the end. But like, I hope you stick with us on the other side of this show because... In the outro, I'm going to play a five-minute excerpt of this huge argument I had with my son over Thanksgiving. No lie. I mean, we had a great time at Thanksgiving. The whole family was there. And then on the Friday afterwards, I was at his place and he said, hey, why don't you come out in the studio? Because he's a musician and, uh, and a songwriter. And he said, come out of the studio. I want to talk to you about some stuff. Because some of you might remember, he was on the show two years ago. It was one of the best episodes ever. People loved that episode with Roman. And he's come a long way since then. Back then he was a canvasser for Greenpeace. Now he's a hotshot songwriter and musician. Um, and so so anyway, he hits, the, he hits the mic. And I think we're just going to talk. And we just end up in this knockdown, drag out conversation about consciousness and philosophy and how he sees the world and how I see the world. And like, it's him trying to change me and me going like, it doesn't work that way. You don't get to tell me who I am. When it was over, I was like, I can't use that as a podcast. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, most people in this world never get to be in an argument that good. I mean, like, yeah, we drove each other crazy in this thing, but we there was a lot of love and a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of connection there. And so when it was over, I said, like, look, I, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the right, of, I'll give you the right of final cut. You 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 edit that down to something you think is listenable, and. Uh, and I'll put it up on Patreon, um, which is where all the people that support the podcast, you know, there's like exclusive content if you are a supporter of the podcast. I said, I'll put it up there. And uh, 
and 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 I you know I think it's really a, a wonderful thing. Um, so so yeah so so like if and and you're saying well I don't you know I'm not on Patreon I don't do that. you know you can support the podcast for a buck and you can get access to this thing. I want people to support the show because then I know they'll listen to it and that's what I really want. I really want to keep this conversation going. So rather than talking about how much I want to keep this conversation going, let's keep this conversation going. This is me and my buddy Matthew um, talking. And then on the other side is the outro. I'll give you your Ingersoll quote. I'll give you the five minutes with Roman. And if you want the rest, you, you come find us on Patreon. All right, let's go. So, uh, so, so here's the deal. I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I'm just going to, we're just going to no talk. Idea. You have no idea what we're going to talk about. Well, no, I have lots of things to talk about, but like, I usually do these conversations with people I barely know. Yeah. And so you, 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 like, it's very natural for me to go. So like, where'd you grow up? But like, <laughs> I, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah, so, so great. Where'd you grow up? You know, or like, or like, tell me about your mom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, you know. So, so I like. I think the thing to do is just to talk about life right now and hope that all the background stuff works its way in. I, I'm assuming it will. Yes. Didn't I remember when you were talking to me about like you were going to start a podcast? Did you? Is that thing still happening? Wow, that just that really that hurts deeply. Yeah, but do you do you, do you send out cute little weekly r- reminders with no, a devotional not, thought? No. no, I don't do <laughs> devotional thoughts about oligodendrocyte precursor cells um, and how they may not matter anymore. I what I shoot for is like if I could get a solid one a month or two. I mean, there have been a few times where we've gotten two a month, but that's just not probably sustainable but but who's the audience like who's it for the audience is really for like the people that i know who listen are people obviously people have spinal cord injuries that are interested in the research itself so there's that cluster of people with spinal cord injuries there's people with spinal cord injuries that listen only when there's somebody that they're aware of like an advocate or some like sexy scientist, you know, that they want to hear, Oh, what's, you know, what's the latest on this, this person's work. And then there are scientists who listen when I, I doubt they listen to everything, but they listen to things that are um, re- related in some way to their own work. Right. So the work, so it's like, obviously the work you're doing right now where you're trying to leverage, you're trying to get, government money applied to spinal cord injury research is that is that a fair way is that a fair summary i wouldn't summarize that as what we do no that's one facet of multiple things we do i think the you know it's, i just came i'm coming that's sad because that's sad because I, I, that's what i've that's been telling you people understand. that you do <laughs> <laughs> well because that's probably that's probably especially from an outsider's perspective the most prominent thing that you would see like on social media because because a lot of time and particularly you know because you're in my series of concentric circles but essentially what i think we are are an answer to the conventional wisdom that if you want to cure a disease you just throw money at it you know that there's not enough money and so we need more money to grease the wheels of the machine that's going to deliver cures to a disease. And I think that's true for probably any disease. And certainly it is for spinal cord injury, not a disease condition. But um, what we are, and I think in some ways somewhat unique in the ways in which we touch all parts, we're a broker. So we're really trying to operate in between relationships to leverage the effort to expedite curative interventions for people living with paralysis from spinal cord injury. So we're kind of, we're kind of cure brokers, I guess. But that, so one of those ways, honestly, honestly, like that doesn't doesn't really make sense. No, because what, what, if if you, now if you, what I thought you were going to say is, yeah, it's really nuanced. What I thought you were going to say is, 
is that the common wisdom is you just throw money at it. And that what we do is we say, no, 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 focus your money over here or focus your, like, like we help people spend their money in a smart way. And that, that, that was like, oh, that makes sense. Cause like, you know, I, I could imagine that you, there are, there are more and less promising or there are more and less reputable people. And, and that, you know, in my world, the person who does the best work doesn't always raise the most money. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. Sometimes the people that raise the most money aren't doing the most, the best work. Certainly that's an element of it. And, and if, and if I was to simplify that message, yeah, that is, you know, that's a good part of it is to make that money smarter. Um, you know, the, the state initiatives that you mentioned earlier, that what we're, you know, what you understood us to be doing, you know, we've been working to pass localized state funding bills for research to do just that. But what's important is that the, the incentives are so often at either cross purposes or they're the incentives for a scientist within, you know, let's say one institution has three boxes that that scientist has to check before they can really push something to a, a meaningful discovery. You know, they have to get... They have to get grants, they have to do grant writing, they have to publish, they have pressure from their institution, many of them have to teach. Um, you know, there's all sorts of pressures that they are under that are, you know, from our perspective in the community, from people who have spinal cord injuries, there's, they sort of see them as disincentivized. And so one of the things that our state funding bills do is it puts, um, so far in every bill that we've passed, we create an advisory board that reviews grant proposals that have come to the state for whatever pot of money. Minnesota, we have six million, and Pennsylvania, we just passed a million. But there's people from the spinal cord injury community that sit on the advisory board with scientists and clinicians, doctors, you know, who are going to review proposals, and they get an equal vote. And it creates a really different conversation about what is meaningful research and what are you, where is it going and where's it going next and things like that. So in that sense, sure, we are, you know, using whatever leverage we can to make sure that money isn't wasted and we're, we're investing in things that will matter. All right. But so let, let me back you up here because here's the thing, like we're having this conversation and I'm imagining Gabe listening to this conversation and having turned it off already. <laughs> <laughs> like Gabe no way no way he would be so engaged right now Gabe like, your son my fake nephew um who's in a wheelchair he's paralyzed uh, right C C4 C5 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 quad yes um and uh since he was 16 and what is he now 20 he's 26 20 yeah so so 10 he'll years 20 yeah, since the 27 this so. What a strange decade for you guys. Um, yeah. Like just because when I think about where where kind of I was Actually, in my a, you life, know what? It's just when, a strange life. Well, your life is stranger than yeah. most. Like wow. I, you know, like, I mean, I'm always you know. It's funny. I was talking with John as we were setting up this this uh, this um, conversation, and uh, he said, "Like, what's your connection with this guy?" And I'm like. Okay, like he's he's my oldest and closest friend. That's one thing. But I said the other weird thing is like he's had this bizarre life, and I've been right next to him all the way, sort of having this very easy, safe life. Um, and so I said it's a little, you know, but like when Gabe got hurt ten years ago, I remember kind of like it's weird to me to think where I was, and like those ten years have also marked you know, a huge change yeah, in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, th like, like you didn't think a thing about spinal cord injury before you got hurt. And now you're into all this research and your advocacy and, you know, but I'm like, he, he doesn't seem as interested in the research as you are. Or, or, or is that just my read? No, no, I th uh, that's accurate. Um, although... I find it so Gabe is also a musician and a, a pretty active musician in Minneapolis where we live and um, 
he's got a he's got a pretty big show coming up in December at a really nice venue in Minneapolis because he won a state arts grant this year to pr- to to produce this show called a Cripples Dance. Yeah, yeah I know you about know this about show. it. I will be at this show. You you're gonna come to this show? Oh yeah. I thought you weren't gonna make it. No, no, I'm taking the mega bus. Oh, outstanding. So this is the first time, just at, just about six weeks ago or so, Gabe, um, we were talking and he said, hey, I'm getting a sponsorship for beer at the, sh- at the show through a friend um, who works at a brewery, like a local brewery. And he said, um, I asked them if they would um, – donate part of the proceeds to your organization to unite to fight paralysis and it was the first time he's ever said anything like that or even thought of that and then furthermore a couple weeks later he was he's got a new and i won't i won't go into the details of this new he's gonna send another grant through to the state arts board he he if it's successful locally he wants to take it outside like he wants to go on the road with it. And he said, would you want me to uh, dovetail it into your Cure Advocacy Network, which is our state programs that we were talking about earlier, you know, passing legislation. And my jaw dropped. I was like, whoa, you're, you're approaching me with a cool idea and wanting to like get involved in supporting what we do. and." The more, yeah, I, you know, honestly, honestly, I've wondered how he feels about it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, he has yeah. this, he had, he has this injury and I haven't talked about this, but like he has this injury and, and initially you go like you drop your job and you're his full-time caregiver and yeah. you've got like, coach like you go to India travel, yeah, to get yeah, yeah. stem cells. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's just like, we got to get him as much function as he can. Yeah. And then you get wrapped up in you know, you get to know these people and you get wrapped up in the research. And I sometimes wonder if he's like, dude, like I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't you think know? he's like, no, I actually, I think it's the opposite. Um, I think, I mean, there's, there's a different, you know, there's multiple layers to this, but like in the most practical layer, he's like, Oh good. My dad's got, Something, something to else do. to do. Like, get, get, him, get him out of my hair. Like, because in so many ways, if you think about like what you just described for several became, years, I'm yeah. his dad, his coach, his caregiver, his um, traveling oh, companion, yeah. his best friend. I mean, we're, I think we're fairly close. I mean, actually, no, not fa- we're very close, but there's a no, there it was too close. It was too which, close. Yeah, there are points at which it was like realizing that oh no 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 I have to get off. But but I mean but but I think like in some ways like I remember when you know like he he was hitting you know twenty or so and you and I were like we were all talking about like you know he's still a man he still wants to have relationships and we we're mm-hmm. like how does that work for a quad and we're doing all that stuff and I remember thinking like on one <laughs> level it was <laughs> that stuff. We're doing all that stuff. <laughs> but I remember that you and I were having these conversations, doing all this research and talking with him and going like, on some level, I thought like, it's cool. Like we, we're those cool guys that like yeah, are aware. Cool adults, those cool parents. Yeah. And then a part of me was we're like, help you have sex. Yeah. This was so creepy. And I thought like, he doesn't like, he, you know, I'm thinking like, he must be just like, God, I wish these people were out of this part of my life. And so, yeah, it probably is very, you know, very cool. But it is like very cool for him I, you know, that you I, that you I, have this work because, like, the thing is, like, the injury and that experience, like, there's like there's nothing else you're going to care about as much as you care about that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so you got to be engaged, and it's good yeah. that you're engaged with the issue and with the the community, but not necessarily always mediated through game. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, you know, like uh, it's funny because at, at a lot of even even last night, I think a couple people asked me, um, you know, we have this we have this little soiree at, a, at an event space, food and cocktails. You really love that word soiree. You, I do. It's actually, you know, yeah. Ryan gave it to me. Ryan, it's Ryan's word. Yes. That I've co-opted. Right. 
guy that we both Ryan know. Ryan does Ryan does have quite a vocabulary. He does. Our poet friend. He's a poet. I shouldn't say little, but our 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 large and impressive poet friend. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, people always ask me, "Where is Gabe coming? Where's Gabe?" You know, when a, when there's events like that, and I've just gotten you know to the point where I don't I, I kind of. I'm dismissive in my answers, just like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's busy or he's doing whatever he's doing, or I don't, I don't know. Where is the game? <laughs> but there is that kind of, a, you know, association that, um, you know, somehow Gabe should be my, you know, like I should be, I should have the, you know, those, remember those t shirts where you could like get a photo print of your kids? Yeah. yeah. You know, like I should be walking around with that on, you know, like a big picture of Gabe on my t-shirt or something. Well, and you know, that's a weird thing. Like I'm thinking about this a lot because I've got, you know, at our age, you have friends that have all kinds of crazy shit happening in their lives. Some people might say, well, where's Gabe? And you go like, no, 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 this happened to me. Like Gabe could pass from the scene, you know? And like, you're still the father, you like you, that experience is your experience. It's not just, it's not like his experience and you're sort of vicariously connected. It becomes. Oh yeah. It's my experience. It's your experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, and, it's and funny. So, we, we had at our, at our symposium that we did in Vancouver that I mentioned earlier, I'm also on this, uh, it's called the North American Spinal Cord Injury Consortium. It's this newly formed group of organizations advocacy organizations i'm on the the executive council of this uh consortium and we had this conversation at our annual meeting which followed our symposium our utfp symposium and there was one part of the conversation where um we were talking about who like the def definitions of terms you know and one of them was when we talk about the sci community the spinal cord injury community um the the preference was that we should talk about people with lived experience, which has become kind of a new acronym. It's PLEX, people with lived experience. And and somebody mentioned, oh, somebody asked, well, so then, you know, and they I think somebody pointed even to me. They were like, so Matthew, are are you would you want to be called a caregiver? And I was like, no. <laughs> Um, I'm a plex. A care. Well, I'm, but I'm not a plex in the same sense that someone like, and and that's a, a real nuanced complexity. Like, I have to be really careful the way in which I talk about spinal cord injury because I could slip into like talking about it like I have a spinal cord injury, but I don't. What I am, and what I suggested, and when I think we came up with a new at, uh, acronym is flex. I'm a family member with a lived experience which is different than a caregiver. Like, you know, if somebody gets hired to, to uh, dress you or bathe you or, you know, do your, uh, your, your cares, that's a very different thing from a spouse or a parent or a brother or sister because that's – you don't go away from that. Like, you don't get a new job. You don't get a new family. How many marriages survive – I don't know. A, ki a kid getting injured that way? Yeah, I don't know, but but I, that's the that's another dynamic. Is like what you also see is, you know, if you're if you're an anxious person and you smoke dope, you know, you're just going to be hyper anxious and paranoid. Or if you're, <laughs> you know, but you understand the point. Like if if there's some like what's funny in, in that novel I told you about, and, uh -huh. right? They said that's how money works. That like money, if you get a lot of money. It amplifies whatever you were. Right. And, and yeah. it's, I actually, I think it's probably true about money in a way it's not true about drugs. Oh, I, I would totally agree. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. Um, yeah, when you read about lottery winners, oh my God. Um, but anyway, so I think similarly with spinal cord injuries, like what happens within the family system gets amplified by the, the injury. So you have like people that are living at home with their parents and their parents are still caregivers for them. And it could be decades after the injury. And, and when, you know, from an outside perspective, you look at them and you're like, Whoa, like you do realize like you shouldn't be still right. um, driving your kid around, you know, like they should be living 
on yeah, their and own. Maybe like, that kid was, was going to have a hard time getting away from his parents anyway. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and 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 you have to recognize that. And and that's also where you recognize like some. It's not always like all good or all bad. Like it's a mix of all those things. You know, some some people have really great relationships with their kids, and maybe they live with them, and they're still caregivers. But it comes with this other stuff too. You know, like well, then your kid your kid doesn't date. Like, how come you haven't? I mean, I know guys who have spinal cord injuries, they haven't dated in, you know, decade or 20 years. Or I remember a guy said to me, I don't, uh, I don't remember who it was, but he was like, well, how am I going to go out on a date? Cause my mom's going to bring me. And I was like, dude, you gotta, fig- you gotta get that figured out. You know, your mom doesn't bring you to- and like, what if you're going to have sex? Like, is your mom going to set you up? No. You got to figure that stuff out. So, you know, you like think, try to think in terms of like, what would right. my life be like if I hadn't been injured? I know, but like, I feel like I'm a smart guy. I feel like you're a smart guy. But like when that issue came up, I remember trying to do research. I remember calling people. At talk, uh, like it was hard to figure out how that stuff works. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So why do you, like, why do you think it happened to him at 16? So like when you talk about like somebody getting frozen, like, and then and when I think about the way the first couple of years went, where, you know, you were obsessed with, because the idea was, if he's going to get anything back, it, it, it's really important what happens right after the injury. Yeah. Hence the spinal cords, or rather the stem cells stuff that, that we tried, you know, you tried and, you know, going to India and all that stuff. Like, and the massive amounts of re- like which I which I do not advocate just to, just you know to point out quickly right like I don't encourage anyone to do that and they were not advocated for you I didn't know then yeah but you were just grasping astrology yeah. you were yeah, like yeah 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 somewhat yeah yeah because you're desperate yeah you know I remember you saying like I, if there's if there's even one percent chance we got to try I got to try it was funny because that was I I coined a phrase during that time that I use all the time now with young people especially deconverted Christians where I would say like, that was the time when I realized like that we were part of the network of proactively, truly good people that I could call somebody like that I knew and say like, who do we know in Mumbai? And they'd say, well, like, I know this guy. And I'm like, will he put up my friend in his house for a month? And they'd be like, sure. You know, like, like that there was this weird network of people that as long as yeah, they knew yeah, you yeah. were connected to one of the the people that was really gonna that was really about making things better for others, they were like, "Oh, well, then I'll help you." And so, like any kid who's seventeen is its own, you know. And then all that, and so you get the music. You've got this spinal cord injury research. <laughs> you've got Gabe and Charlie, who we won't talk about because that would be a whole other show. Um, and then Jordan. I'm just like, how are you doing? How are you how are you keeping it together? <laughs> you probably shouldn't ask me. You should ask somebody else in my life. Yeah, are you keeping it together? I maybe would be a better question. No, I think yeah, I think I think we're doing really well. I mean, it's been a crazy decade, and then some. Oh know? yeah, and then and, and we, it's funny because like I was when I was telling John about you, and I was like, oh yeah, and then like Matthew found out that his father wasn't his father when we were kids. Like when we were, you know, young people, um, but then uh, eighteen, eighteen, and then yeah. I said, like, it was what, like ten, like eight or ten years ago that like he got finally connected to all his siblings, and I was like, I was yeah, there. You were there. It was in two thousand eleven. Yeah, and that was yeah. and like that. Those relationships have turned into like that's a real family. Yeah, and so it's yeah. just like there's. It has been a crazy decade. <laughs> crazy 15 years crazy life i don't know yeah. um, and they all have met my kids now for the first time this year really we, how they did they came where they, they came here came here this summer to minneapolis or we, we went up north to a lake place and they all have these timeshares they got timeshares and we spent a week how did it work Gabe and charlie came up it was great gave and charlie were great. totally into it yeah, yeah yeah that's an amazing thing just it's just kind of interesting for me, like that you guys like started these relationships and like now they're just, that's, they're just relationships. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's very cool. You know, you were one of those voices years ago that was like, don't, 
don't uh, do this. It's, it's like throwing a grenade into people's lives, you know, like well past when the war happened. <laughs> I said <laughs> that? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, you were one of those people that was like, you were encouraging me. And there were a couple other people in my life like, why are you do like, why are you reaching out to these people? Don't do that. Like, you don't know what's going to happen and who, and you're sort of throwing a wrench in their whole family narrative. if They don't know about you. And so I, I did a lot of hand wringing for about a year over whether or not to reach out to them, not knowing what would happen, but feeling like I, ha- I have to. And, you know, so a lot of it coming up from growing up, not knowing who you're, you know, or finding out that, you know, your, who you thought was your father wasn't your father. And the guy you thought was your father is a jerk off grifter who was never around anyway. <laughs> and screwed you know, so up weird. everybody, you know, what? what's so weird is like, I've totally rewritten history. I'm the, the, like, <laughs> <laughs> I we totally do that, have. you know, we do that. No, it is. We do that. But like, it, very seldom do we get caught out like that. Like, I'm like, I've totally rewritten history because of course, like when you reconnected and it was time, like, like we drove up together, you know, Marty and yeah. me and oh, Kristen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it was so wonderful. And the weird thing was, I still remember at that, like at the table, like you saying something about like your dad and them going like, you didn't miss a thing. And they're like, oh, this all makes sense now. Like they didn't understand like <laughs> yeah, the story yes. with why their yeah. dad was so checked yeah. out and he was focused on this other person that they didn't know about. And like- why they moved to Florida and then moved back and right. yeah, all so kinds all of, of that crazy was, stuff. All of that, like the story of y- your mom and your your actual dad, birth dad and whatever you know you call him, and then these siblings, because it all came out so well, and I was there and I was so happy. I've thought of myself as someone who encouraged as a facilitator. I do, I, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh I, I no. T- I've totally no, no, rewritten no. that. <laughs> yeah, you were not a facilitator. You were I had to sort of wrestle with you in my head oh after my having a couple conversations cuz you were sort of like I was scared. Gonna, now now, now it all comes back to me. I was I like I remember the image you're going to throw a grenade in these people's lives, you know, like and blow up their whole When I had and I had no confidence that they would be nice to you because your dad had not been nice to you. Like in my mind like when you yeah. would get together with him, he didn't give you anything that I wanted him to give you. And so I had no trust. I didn't know these people. And I was like, you're going to screw with their lives and they're going to, and that's going to come back on you and you're going to be me- messed up. But like, yeah. I totally have rewritten that. I've, I've totally have changed my, my, my role in that conversation. <laughs> I was such a great guy in my mind. Oh my well, gosh. I think I've told, I and they have totally changed it because we have done so wonderfully at reconnecting and turning what could have been a terrible situation to, into this redemptive healing process that we have changed history for you. When, have you ever heard the expression, success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan? <laughs> yeah. Like, like something goes well and I'm like, I had a part in that. I'm pretty sure I That's was right. crucial. Yeah. I was there <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah. Damn it. That's okay, buddy. I don't hold it against you. Well, no, no. I mean, I know you don't, but like it's good for like you know, it's funny, I was talking about that book about self-awareness. I probably need to get it out and read it. Um because Oh, you know, don't, I mean, but don't, don't linger. Like you, we're all, we're all excellent revisionists to our history. I mean, we have to do that, right? We have to do that to sort of maintain, you know, it's it's, it's that feature of the, who's that guy that wrote the righteous mind? Yeah. John Um, Haidt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just sort of a feature of that same phenomenon. Right. Like, we're not, you know, you, yeah, we're not rational. We're rationalizing. Yeah. But, we're rationalizing left and right uh, every decision but, but we make. It's true. But here's the thing is that, like, I get emails, I get calls from people all the time that are like, Fif, you know, five years ago, you said this, or on the podcast, you said this, and it helped me so much. I don't think a lot of people write to me and go, like, you said this. I did what you said. It blew up in my face. Like people often, <laughs> I don't think they take the time to write to you if you're 
You delete those emails. I, I, no, you just don't I'm get, kidding. you don't get, I mean, every now and then I get a really, I get one mostly from back when I was a Christian, people saying like, great that you're out. Like when you were in, you ran this Christian trip on me and yeah. it's like, but the weird thing is what it's with my kids that I, I feel it the most. Cause like what you said about like, you're, you know, I, I had to battle you in my head and with, you know, I'm in a lot of people's heads. And I, and, and typically I think when people write to you, they're like, I'm so glad your voice, I, I was listening to your voice and it helped me so much. Or like, I thought about what would Bart say here? And, and that helped. And I like, I, so I tend to think of being in people's heads in a positive light. And, and, but when you said that, I'm like, what you're saying is like, yeah, you're this strong personality and I have to wrestle with you in my head. And that, that makes me, that, like, that's, that's. Well, you, I don't want to say sad, it, but it's weird. Careful, careful that you don't cross the line, cross over some lines here. You're my friend who I, um, who I know well and knows me well, and I confide it in, like I have on a number of things in my life, like this one, and and I take your opinion seriously. I don't, I don't know that you're in my head like your listeners are in now, but when you say something, to somebody like as my, right. as my friend who's, you know, understands this turn, like you talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you sort of been, you've been my friend through a whole bunch of craziness. And here I am saying to you, Hey, I'm, you know, you know, my dad died and I always had this fantasy that I'd be at the funeral, you know, and that's where I would see, and decide whether I was going to let his kids know who I am. And, you know, and that was such a ludicrous fantasy because he wasn't ever going to tell anybody about me. <laughs> so, um, so I had to decide whether I was going to do it myself, you know, and you as one per and, and not just you, there were, like I said, there were a few other people in my life that were like, that I had asked. And, and I think more than not, everybody was siding on this, like, let it go. You know, it's too late or you're going to fuck with them or they're going to, you know, they're God. probably, they're probably going to hate you, you know, and not trust you and blah, blah, blah. It just makes no sense though. I'm like, well, yeah, it I mean, does. I, well, it does, but like all the times we've seen that, like keeping a secret inside really works out. Or like, you know, it's so healthy, you know, to avoid the truth. It's a you know, lie. That's the thing. It's a lie instead of tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's the golden I mean, like, rule. I just, go, I just go like, that's why I'm like, I said that. Like, but, you know, again, like, I think like, you know, and, and I am well, your there's a, there's a pragmatism. There's a pragmatism to it. Like, you know, it's, it, it's sort of like, well, it, it's, and, and it's the thing that's even supports the, you know, the, the pragmatism of keeping the secret you know like it's there's there's some real easily predictable damage that can be done you know like the grenade image like it's really easy to see that you have to look a little harder and a little you know um you have to scratch a little bit to get at what could be a really beautiful meadow of american flowers roman was telling me that um neurosurgeons the best neurosurgeons like have register high levels a lot of times they have uh, elements of sociopathy <laughs> yes, that's like <laughs> yeah. which makes sense yeah because yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's incredible like if you, you, when you're doing this incredibly difficult stuff and you're messing with something like and the consequences are so high like it's great if you're like i'm interested in this but like i don't really care about this person you know, like they're not thinking about their life. You're right. just thinking about like the problem in front of yeah. you. Yeah. And so like, and, and I was thinking like, it's the opposite. Like you are my friend, but like you're as close a friend as I ever will have. Like, you know, you're my closest friend. And so I don't think I, I'm, I'm the opposite of distant from that. And so I mean, I think that like, I was worried you might get hurt 
Sure, sure. I probably would have given better advice to some stranger who asked, who said, I'm thinking about something like, well, you know, truth is generally the better way to go. And, you know, you want to find out and like, you know, I, I, I think if, if I loved you less, I would have, I would have served you better in that situation. You're, you're also probably like, you're, you're also probably preparing for my level of luck, you know, in, in familial <laughs> human relationships. It's sort of like, well, I don't know, I don't know, the odds aren't good here that you're, it's going to come out. Rosie. No, and I felt like the genetic odds of those, I felt the genetic odds of your siblings being awesome people weren't high. Because, because of your, your, because, because my impression of my father. Yeah. 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 And so, and you know, and so, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell them all, I'm going to tell them all to listen to this podcast. (laughs) I I want you guys to hear this. (laughs) But, but it's so weird because like, it's just weird because like, I go like, I was so wrong about that. And I'm thinking, why would I give you such bad advice? And I think it's because I was scared in a way that I'm not scared when I am talking on this podcast to like, you know, people I don't, you know, I don't know as well, or when I'm counseling or coaching people that call me, um, I care deeply about them, but like their pain is their pain and I'm caring about their pain. Their pain will not be my pain in the way that your pain can be my pain. Like I can really hurt about you in a way I don't hurt about everybody. Sure, sure. And my kids, my kids are the same way. And I think my kids are like, you know what? <laughs> you, you'd probably be a lot more helpful to us in certain situations if you cared a little less, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. That's a weird one, but I, I'm just telling it's you, like, I, I okay. can't. Even... It, dude, buddy, it's okay. All right, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I understand. It's Shut a little. Up. It's a little. It's a rattle. You know, it's rattled the cage a little bit, but it's okay. Well, I think of myself I think, as I, I know perfect as good in a good in a right. in a crunch. Good and perfect. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> You're still good. So relax. Everything's fine. People still maybe this is people are still going to want to get advice from you in spite of the one little mistake you made. I mean, unless you want to keep talking about some other stories. I don't. I'm, I'm done. We're done here. <laughs> We're done. Okay. Right, this is beautiful, man. I love you. Cool. Yeah, it's good to hear you. All right, that was me and my buddy Matthew. And yeah, that was a doozy, I would say. Or as my grandmother would say, that was a doozy. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I mean, I, you, you know I did. And if you want to know more about Matthew and his work or Gabriel and his show that is coming up this weekend, it is all in the show notes uh, 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 that you can find at barcampolo.org. And uh, you can also find the link to Patreon there. And Patreon, my friends, is where you will find me and Roman having the full-blown argument of a lifetime. And uh, the one I promised you five minutes of, here are your five minutes. Check it out. You grant that that's a common experience. So we have two experiences that we're holding side by side right now. One is the subjective experience of being a very small part of your own psyche and being subject to forces within yourself that you don't understand and you have to mediate dialogue between different drives within you and you're actually the author of a very small sliver of what's happening cognitively. The other subjective experience is that you are the whole package that everything that's happening in there is something that you're doing and i think if you examine how much of how your body works and how your mind gives rise to consciousness and how you retain memories how little of that you can explain it 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 would seem like the experience the subjective experience that is closer to the reality of things would in fact be the experience of being a small part of yourself and that the illusion why why don't i experience it that way why doesn't it feel that way to me 
If that's if that's it, you, well, you, I, I, don't, I, I feel like you're saying is like that's the way it is, man. That's that's the reality. Well, you're saying and you say, well, then why don't I feel this way? But you would grant that people can have subjective experiences that lead them to believe things about reality that aren't objectively true, right? Absolutely. So you could look at those two two experiences and you could say, well, that's the case about one of these, right? One of these is closer to reality and one is further away. There's the sense that I am everything, I am the totality of my psyche, and there's the idea that I'm a small part of my psyche. You and and we're like, okay, well, let's right. figure one out. One of these, it's, like, it's sort of like the God thing. Like, one of these things is true. Right. It's way, it's, the evidence is overwhelmingly in favor of being a small part of your psyche <laughs> when you start to ask yourself serious questions like, do I make up my dreams? You fall asleep, you have a dream. It's a, it appears to you as a narrative with characters. Right. Some of whom I haven't seen forever or ever. You, conscious Bart, the ego. Yes. Did not create the dream. Right. The dream is presented to you. Yes. That, to me, as a subjective experience, is what gives rise to the feeling that there is an other in me. Something okay. that... You're going to hate what I say next. You're, 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 you're going to hate what I say next because... I, I just hate the tone, honestly. There, there, it's just I, this I, confidence that is so unfounded. We Like, you're just... I'm, I'm entirely confident no, in my own experience. No, you in my can't, own experience. But you can't... But you didn't used to be. You had a, an entire time in your life believing in God, that you were communicating with an other. So, okay, maybe you've just integrated that sense of the other into a, a self and now you, it just is part of you, but you're familiar with the experience of at least believing, at least being convinced by your inner experience that you're engaging with it in dialogue yes, with something yes, wise. Yes, that's correct. Right. And, and that may have disappeared. I, 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 there's no but arrogance now you're there. Say, but now you're saying that the fact that you no longer have that experience means that you have discovered the truthy, truth, truth, truth of the universe, which is that you are the totality of your psyche and that there's no forces that are acting through you when you understand almost like you are so not transparent to yourself. You, you are not designed, you cannot change your identity at will. You are facing a nature that you are not the creator of. You are having to deal with who you are. You can't simply look at a flaw. Right, I can't decide who I want to be. Right. I am who I am. Right. I, I get that. If you were the totality of your psyche, if you were everything in you, why wouldn't you just be able to shape your experience completely at will? If you, <laughs> First of all, you're so closed off to that. Like, I, I don't sense that it, like it all you've just you've created a very neat box where everything that is not materialism and, and humanism fits, which is stuff that is not true. And no, it's word I, games. And there's this tiny sliver that you're willing to be open you're to. You're saying like, 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 it's just frustrating because you, you're like, <sighs> you, you're like, why are you not open to the idea that that is true? And I'm going like, I'm open to the idea that that's true. It, it does you not seem true to me. It does not feel. What like, doesn't? Okay. Can you even articulate what I'm getting at? Yes. All right, that was me and Roman. If you want the whole convo, it's there on Patreon. For, for those of you that support the show, for those of you that don't support the show, you should support the show. And uh, you, can get, you, 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 you can get there through barcampola.org too. Ah, last but not least, I promised you an Ingersoll quote and I got one and here it is. This is, this is apropos of nothing, but it's, it's really kind of a cool quote. Every pulpit is a pillory in which stands a hired culprit defending the justice 
of his own imprisonment. Now listen, that's that's not the kind of stuff I usually put out there. That's That sort of sounds like slagging on the church or making fun of, of believers. But there's something deeply truthful, um, or at least deeply interesting about Ingersoll's perspective that every, I'll read it again, every pulpit is a pillory, which is a, work, a, a word you may have to look up, in which stands a hired culprit defending the justice of his own imprisonment. Ah, yes. The immortal words of Robert G. Ingersoll. My hero and... Ah, I messed it up right there at the end. I, I, I've been trying to record this outro forever and I messed it up right there at the end. And you know what? I'm saying this to my producer. Leave it in there. Leave in my awkward pause. We don't always get everything right, but we're trying really hard and we'll catch you next time and we'll do better on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search humanize me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than life.